Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. Today's episode is a stop from Anthony's 25th anniversary tour on camera intensive at AMAW Sydney. Anthony speaks to the class about taking their work to the next level by playing, risking, and living in joy. He answers student questions and shares the importance of trusting you are enough and have something to contribute as you. And then as adults, we get so serious. <laughs> Acting is so hard. <laughs> Life is... If we have the luxury of being alive, I always say, or I always also say, if we have the luxury of being alive, then we better have fun while we're here. Because life is too scary and weird and chaotic and, you know, maybe especially now, but I always, gosh, I'm spinning so much, I'm so sorry, but when I just don't sit in the row row and I don't have COVID. Um, but I really have a lot of fun. I would not be doing this if I wouldn't have fun. I also love, love like when people laugh, because it's kind of like stand-up, although I'm, I don't think I could ever do stand-up. Like, it's crazy what they do. but. Where did I go with that? Where was I going? About play, about neuroplasticity, about we learn to learn through play. And you know, the other thing too that I think is interesting, my philosophy or our philosophy about acting training of schools all over the world is to me, in acting, one plus two doesn't equal three. It's always changing, like life. And so I think to, to stay in the dexterity of play, we have to where we are today is not where we're going to be 10 years from now. And so we also need to be learning a very alive, vibrant, changing methodology because you don't want to be, why would be, why would we be, if I am on an iPhone, I'm only on an iPhone 8, so that's not that advanced, but my, in other words, I'm not analog, I'm digital. So the technology is changing. Our own awareness of learning must also change. Good point. So why do we keep coming back to a construct sometimes or a reductive way of uh, understanding acting which may not be based in play, which may not be based in the sort of evolutionary sort of journey that we're all on? which I also think is ascension. We're all ascending even if it feels like sometimes you're backpedaling or you feel like, oh my God, I'm stuck. You're not, I actually have a new book, great plug, great segue for a plug. <laughs> it's not here yet because it's coming out in June, but it's called Unstuck. Who doesn't want to get unstuck? At some level, we all do. Everybody gets stuck in life based on usually the narratives that we have in our head about where we think we should be and where we are. And that's all illusory. And the more we cannot compare and despair, the better off you're going to be. Because that's also an illusion, because you're gonna get the thing that you thought you wanted to get, and then once you get it, you're gonna be like, hmm, this isn't kind of what I thought it would be. It might be better if we can give up the idea that it's supposed to look like something, which is also analogous to acting. You have this idea that it's supposed to look a certain way. The scene, your self-tape, the audition, whatever, and then you, 
you, you kind of hold yourself to the idea, but that's not where play comes from. Oh, now play can originate, it can start from an idea, an aha, an instinct, imagination, for sure. But when that meets reality, what happens? Something better, something magical, something different. If I walked around in life and, and it, well, that's denialism where I'm going with that. I may have an idea about things or about play or whatever. And then today it was pouring, as soon as I left the house, it was stopped raining. And as soon as I left, it poured down rain. So my, this is a terrible metaphor, but it's true. If had, I had an idea that it wasn't raining anymore, I mean, it's so crazy, right? We meet life at, head on with what it's giving us and we react, right? Do you not? Mm -hmm. So it's both. We live in the imaginative, playful, idea-generated genesis of things to start, and then we have to like have at it with what? Right now, the moment. One thing that has never changed for me in 25 years of teaching is it's always been the moment, always, because that's all we have. Right now, where are we? Now, let's Zen, let's go Buddha. It's totally it. All we're ever gonna have is now, it's the right now. When, when, when you were born, it might've been, for me, 1968, I know, 54, whatever, I know I don't look at, whatever, just kidding. No, I was born a certain chronological year, but when I was born, I was born when? I gave you the clue. Yes, in that now. The future that you're looking for to have happen whenever, when you get there, it's going to be when? The now. So interesting. Are you with me? I took yeah. some psychedelics earlier. <laughs> I have done ayahuasca. I talk a lot about that in that book. But no, yeah, it's so true. It's always going to be now. All you're ever going to have is the moment. And so our point of power is in the moment. But so often, where are we? <sighs> right? The sort of cerebral nonsense oh gosh you know i call it the left brain but it's not just the left brain but it is the more mechanical aspect of us of how do i look is this correct what are they going to think am i doing this right is this right is this wrong and those aspects are not really part of the creative process those things actually stuck you in a process and and the beautiful thing of how it's constructed i just want to say one last thing and then you can ask me anything you know, you guys, in this new book that I'm working on, I'm really excited. Well, it's done. But what I'm really excited about, during COVID, I started writing it because I started becoming really fascinated about the thing that is in the way is the way. Your kryptonite is your superpower. The problem is, is you think if you could jettison, that is, get rid of or remove the thing that you think only you suffer from, stage fright, anxiety, shyness, you're too aggro, you're too this or you're too that, I can go on and on and on. These things that you yourself, because of, you know, because of our imprinting at a very young age, we have created these stories around, a, fictional around, a fiction around them, and then you yourself believe that they're true, and at some level, they start to hold you back. Because in many ways, you could have created a sort of self-defense mechanism around there. They, some of them are to help protect us from trauma. They're all necessary. All these parts are a part of your process of moving through the world. However, at some point, it's safe to discard them because they're no longer needed. They're no longer needed as a survival technique. But we don't discard them. We keep pitching our life in through, through them. That's deep. See, we can have fun, but it's deep, too, as it should be. Like life. Isn't life a play? But it's deep. Better than just something superficial. 
So the challenge is, is how do we negotiate around the very strong connections, the cellular memory that has been created, been created in your head based on events of your life that you only had awe in your young, innocent, still developing psyche created an incorrect meaning of. The wires went like this. Your mom and dad got a divorce, let's say. I wasn't planning on talking about any of this, it's just coming to me. Your mom and dad got a divorce and then when you were eight, and it had nothing to do with you, obviously. Uh, I cry a lot, so don't worry. My parents are not divorced. They've been married for 64 years. I don't know why I'm crying. But then you interpreted that as it's your fault. You're a problem child. If you had been different, they would still be together. That part of your neural network that was made at eight is a function generally of how you're still dealing with a dynamic. It could be relationships, it could be related to career. I don't know, I'm not in your wiring. I've got my own shit to unwire and then reconnect correctly. <laughs> and yet, here's where I was going with this. The beautiful thing is, it's so constructed that within that thing that has also caused pain and created conditions which have been hard for you, created obstacles in your life and challenges, have made, it, made, made you feel like there's something wrong with you and you're not deserving, it's never gonna happen for you, that you're the only person who feels that way. Sound familiar? Actually, that thing is the very thing that you need to move to where you're going. I promise you, it is the grist for the mill. It is part of what sets you out on your own journey of discovering who you are. You know, Joseph Campbell, uh, he wrote The Hero's Journey, or uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, um, 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 another book, uh, uh, oh, anybody know Joseph Campbell's work? He was all big on the power of myth. The power of myth, that's another one of his books, Jesus. Yeah, so, and I was so influenced by his work like 20 years ago, and he talks about how in literature, in spiritual um, teachings, in all uh, uh, denominations, there is the hero's myth. And the hero's myth, like the Iliad or the Odyssey, is about the young man or the young woman. The person decides to leave home to what? Discover his or her or their talents. The thing that they think is missing. The answer to what they need to find for life, right? Even the story of the Buddha is a story of that. And so they left home, their security, their comfort, what they felt safe and what they knew to go on a journey only to what? Come back home with these new skills and this new awareness and this new, these new tools to face life. And on the journey, they were confronted with so many obstacles. And in, in, in Greek mythology, you know, like the ten-headed dragon and the siren singing and seducing you to crash into the, the ocean. And I don't know, other, anybody have any other Greek monsters? There are many of them. And you survive them to discover your potential, your ability. And it can be taken as a adventure metaphor. This is kind of also why I think we like superhero movies, because they all go on adventure. Why superhero, we can tap into sort of the, um, that universal DNA of us wanting to be on the adventure and finding their heroic impulse, right? But it's also mythology. It's mythological in terms of you're actually on that journey spiritually internally. You don't necessarily have to leave a physical space to discover who you are. 
But you do have to contend with the monsters. Oh, so good. <laughs> you have to contend with these things. And everybody is on the planet, except for the toxic positivity on social media. That's like, I'm so good. I have it all together. And like, we don't talk about anything negative in my life. And that's why my life is so positive. No, it's not a real thing. That's spiritual bypassing. That's a, and the, the, I think the thing about Joseph Campbell was you have to go into the belly of it. Listen, reality is going to make us deal with that anyway. So it certainly is more fun when you realize like, oh, in that journey, I'm, I'm honing a new me. I'm discovering my latent potential. I'm becoming a storyteller. That's the oldest story ever told. Wow, I wasn't planning on talking about any of that. I never plan anything, which is terrifying. <laughs> this is why I think it's like stand-up. Because I don't ever plan anything, and I'm like, well, whatever is going to come out of my mouth? What if it's terrible? What if I don't have anything to say? Which some people might prefer. I don't know. Like, but I, I really think that that is a really important reminder. And when we compare ourselves to the way media wants us to believe that you have to have this or do this or have achieved this by this juncture or look a certain way, it's really hard to trust that you're on your own journey. Am I, am I, can people relate? Yeah? Okay, that's so cool. So that's what I really teach, I guess. That's what the work is all about. It's really powerful, so it has nothing to do with acting, but everything to do with acting. It has nothing to do with acting, but everything to do with acting. I wish I could tap dance right now. <laughs> I just cannot tap dance, Jesus. But that's it. It has nothing to do with acting. I don't think actually, I always joke, I've already done two intensives this week, this past week. I'm doing two more, one starting tomorrow, another one on Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know what days they are. And, <clears throat> you know, where was I going with this? Oh, I'm constantly saying you can't teach acting. But you can learn how to facilitate a person having greater capacity. Oh, so good! A greater capacity with their own emotional expression to tell story. Because that's all it is. It's story with feeling, and then all of a sudden we are drawn into whatever it is we're watching. So that's what we teach. And everybody has, I think, an innate emotional intelligence. And sometimes you just have to unlock it to understand it more. And that's what really acting is such a beautiful art form to help you articulate the finer points of feeling. You know, I was listening, Brene Brown has been somebody I've loved for many, many years, and I think our work is very, like, uh, synergistic. Like, she's a sociologist, and I think she has a PhD and is a researcher, and so a lot of the stuff that, you all know Brene Brown? The, a lot, no, just one person nodded, and he was behind a mask, so I didn't even know if he was nodding. Oh, yeah, okay. So if you don't know Brene Brown, you should. I can't think, Daring Greatly was one of her books. What else? Anybody? She has a new one called Deadly. The Atlas of something, huh? Deadly by Brene Brown. Dare to Live, Daring Greatly. Dare to Lead. Lead. Dare to Lead? Oh, God, okay. She has a new something one called The Atlas true. of the Heart, I think, and she has this new HBO um, sort of mini-series, documentary mini-series about helping people understand feeling and how there are so many, and I was saying this all this weekend, I mean, I have a different way of saying it, but I guess my point is, is she, she does uh, social research with human beings to come to her conclusions about connection, feeling, emotional intelligence, that all feeling is necessary, that we avoid certain ones and we lean into other ones, that kind of we stay really you know, at the surface level of, you know, the most common ones because the other ones are not really culturally okay to explore or talk about. We have not a lot of bandwidth or tools to help us do that. That's what acting is and should be. 
So you start to expand your repertoire in terms of, oh, wow, I'm living in wonder and awe and excitement and resentment. No, I will not say it again, Siri. I'm gonna take this off. So annoying, technology is so annoying, but I kind of love it. But, yeah. So we don't have the facility to say some of the, what, what I'm really feeling. So we just go with the obvious. I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm happy. No, you're like the universe. Yeah, I mean, we are. We're connected to the same stuff that birthed the solar system. And this, by the way, is just one of billions of solar systems. And I read a few years ago, which blew my mind. Did you know that our galaxy or solar system, I'm not a scientist, but I think it was our galaxy. Our galaxy was blown in from another galaxy. Can you get your head around? <laughs> and see, here you're worrying if a casting director likes your tape. <laughs> Maybe on another galaxy, someone is like, yes! <laughs> we have to start, you have to start, I think, expanding to that kind of awareness, in a way, so that you don't sweat the small stuff. Because as they say, it's all small. In relation to a spitting in the middle of a piece of rock in the middle of dark matter in the middle of one galaxy in the middle of many solar systems. Holy hell, is that causing you panic? For some people it might. I love it. All this, what does this mean? It's not gonna be here in a hundred years, less or more. So, where was I going with all this? Are you with me? <laughs> Brene Brown, I haven't forgotten. Last point, I promise. But Brene Brown, among other things, for the longest time, I've never called what I've been doing for more than 25 years, although, like I said, this is my 25th year of actually having the school in LA, but I've never, I've never wanted to call it like the Mindle technique or the Mindle method, although that sounds good, the alliteration. <laughs> Mindle method, but because I don't think you can reduce something to a thing. Once you label and define it, you're kind of fucked. Not just in acting, think about life. Think about the world we're living in now where people want to transcend labels and definitions. We're living in a, a more fluid society. Well, not everywhere, sadly, which leads to marginalization and a, a oppression and the othering, which is also a really important point. We talk about all of these things. It's important. But thinking that I am, I don't know, again, I have all potentials within me. I have the fluidity of the universe within me, male and female, and maybe words that don't even describe in gender. But what, so, but what Brene Brown says that I find so interesting, so I've never been able to reduce what I'm saying because it's always changing. It's always in fluidity, and it's always based on the person in front of us. So where you are is not where she is, and her stuff is not what your stuff is, and yours is not what his is, and that's beautiful. So it's not one size fits all, it can't be. That's like preposterous, and that's mathematically not even sound. It's not every human being is different, except we, universally we're all the same. So I haven't ever reduced it to a name, but when I heard Brene Brown say that all life is, or what vulnerability is, to live one's life with vulnerability, which also means bravery, you guys, is to live in risk, uncertainty, and emotional, and emotional exposure without knowing the outcome. When I heard that, I was like, that's what I teach. Holy hell, this is, if you, any of you study at AMAW anywhere in the world, and, they, and you, people are like, what's that methodology? Just say it's living in bravery, which also is vulnerability, in risk, emotional exposure, and uncertainty without knowing the outcome. Because you guys, that's life. 
Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? No. Do you know what's going to happen 10 minutes from now? No. We live our life in a control bubble thinking that we do based on our habits. But again, in, in, if we really peel back, nobody's in control. And to have to walk into life from that place of knowing. That unknowability is actually where you want to be. So what if a whole acting methodology or technique is based on, of course you know, because you've read the scene and you've memorized it and you've, you've put it up 10,000 times and you know on this line you want to do it this way and you have all these double beats and then back arcs and then the double triple whammies and then beat beat schwa schwa and then turn around and then come back out. Like you do all these crazy things because you know, but the weird thing about acting is you have to throw all the knowing away because then you can't live in the moment to momentness because the whole point of acting is to be able to go on the journey of discovery of what's happening. Am I correct? Of course. And when you see it happen and when it's captured on film, you're like, holy hell. Holy cannoli. This is so... Now, so that, what if that's your technique? What if that's it? So that our left brain that knows and wants to control and say it the way it should be said and also play all those fucking ideas. I shouldn't swear, but I do all the time. All those ideas about how somebody would say it and what it's supposed to look like and where it's going to end up. What if you just let all that go and instead went on the journey? Because you're going on the journey anyway in life, whether you like it or not. You can either go kicking and screaming or you can do it as a what? Fun. Play. Yes, fun. <laughs> Comes back to full circle, and if you had more fun, all the things that you're wanting to happen in your work would happen. I promise you. Aha! I promise you. If you had more fun, you'd have access to all the things that you're like, ugh. Okay, that's it. Mm -hmm. Shall we go have a margarita? <laughs> okay, ask me anything. Anything? There's no dumb questions, please. Yes. Hi. Just on the back of that, uh, like I love all of that. How do you. Stay true to telling a story that is the reason why it's being told than to just play because, you know, you hear a lot, they, some acting teachers, they say, you know, you could watch CCTV footage, that's realistic, but it's not, you know, the story is being told. Well, got and it. So if you're going on the journey. Yes, but here's the a great, I, I mean, again, we've overthought it because if anybody has a script, can I just use this for a second? Sure. They won't be able to read all these lovely notes. Just say, Dear diary. Let's say this is the script. The script has already put you on the journey. It's already done for you. The outline, the structure, the form. I also oftentimes call it the architecture. It's already been built. The foundation of the house is built right here. Now go play in the house. You're not deviating from the, the schematic. You're not deviating from what comes next in the piece. If the line is, hi, how are you? And then your next line is, I'm doing great. And then this next person says, well, I want a divorce. I don't know why I'm thematically on divorce today. I don't know. And then you're like, those are the lines. You're following the lines. There's no betraying. That's the agreement actors make. So already we're making it way too hard when this is the play I've signed up for. Now, how I choose to live in that is up to me. The rules of the road. The only rules are when I get on the bike, I don't want to get hit by a car, so I'm staying in my bike lane. That's it. Ride your bike. When I ride my bike, sometimes I do that. <laughs> I just showed midriff. <laughs> so, uh, 80s. I used to wear a lot of cutoffs in the 80s. And, no, 80s, I was only a teenager in the 90s in New York. That's a whole other story for another time. But yeah, 
I'm just gonna get on the bike and ride the bike how I wanna ride the bike and trust that the bike is gonna take me from Paddington to Bondi Beach. Oh, that's too far. Bondi <laughs> Junction. <laughs> Aha. Kids, does that make sense? Yeah. Aha. So yeah, you're not going off script unless the teacher, the director, somebody says, just improv it. But even that, oh, so good. Even that, you have the structure of an improv. Yeah. Aha. It's like trust that the script has everything that it needs. Of course it does. And if it doesn't, you come up to the writer and you're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, God, can we change that line? <laughs> and most writers are really cool. They're like, yeah, say it how you would say it. Kids, it's so much easier than we make it. 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 What's hard is feeling. What's hard is contending with feeling. What's hard is trusting yourself. Also, something that I think is, is also it just came to me in, in my new book is, we also, we, ha we have a value judgment based on fun. Because we're a culture, meaning everywhere in the world, that if you're not working hard, you don't deserve it. I'm a Capricorn and I'm German. So I have a double fucking whammy. My parents, I gotta love them. They're 87. And when they hang up the phone with me, my dad's like, don't forget, keep working hard. Like that, this is like, I mean, since I was three, work hard. They were immigrants as well. So I'm, I'm first generation immigrant. I'm uh, German. Germans are so hardworking. And Capricorns. I said this weekend, Capricorns, if they have an easy path, it's just like all like, like lilacs and lavender and, you know, butterflies and guinea pigs and lollipops. Or this path with fucking saltwater crocodiles and vipers and like scorpions. Capricorns will go that way. They'll just do it because it's the way we do it. But kids, it's, it's designed to be easier. The form and the structure is already present for you. The thing is, is we, we invalidate fun because we think we're not working hard. Whoa, that's some bullshit biography you've taken on to think that you're not prepared, you're not focused, or you're not taking it seriously. That's bullshit. There is value in enjoyment. There is value. We have to change our priorities doesn't mean you're not still working toward a goal or getting lazy. It means the offering is based in fun and joy. And actually, again, not only has it been proven scientifically, but also just think about your own life. Do you want to hang out with non-fun friends or fun friends? <laughs> Answer honestly. Hello? Do you all want to hang out with boring friends or fun friends? Fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thought you all were going to lie to me there for a second. You're like, yeah, I, don't, I just want to hang out with unfun people. No, you don't. So for some reason, we have this stigma attached to if I'm having fun and it's flying freely and I'm really just enjoying myself, I'm not, I'm not doing my work. I would defy everybody in here. It's hard to have fun because we have so much judgment around fun and play. I've seen it all my life in teaching. I saw it this past weekend. Fun is where it's at, among other things. But if we could start from that, since that's kind of what the theme is today. Okay, what else? Yes. You guys come in pairs over there. You're trying to knock me out with your questions. I love it. Dynamic duo. Tell me. Um, I suppose I'm curious in the medium of film. Yes. 
Um, when it comes to specificity and repetition for coverage. Got it. Um, finding that play when, you know, you're doing like 50 100 takes. takes. Yeah. yeah. And, and they want very similar things. And when they want something different, it's very specific um, to a moment or to a beat. Yes. A technicality. Yes. Great um, question. And then it's sort of that... Uh, space of I can enjoy the struggle and myself as an actor d does but then also sometimes it's like there's no room for play because the director's just like does that make sense yes it does what's your name Courtney Courtney Courtney's a great question I think it's like can be answered many different ways I think the two things that come to mind is one all jobs aren't going to be the same right and so you may be on jobs that are more formulaic and more structured in terms of you just hit your mark and say it. And they want you to say it a certain way once you've found it and discover it. Although I, I still feel like most sets and most actors that I know and directors that are working at that level, they still are always trying to get the best performance out of actors. So they're always trying to open things up. But let's just say it was like, yeah. Or maybe you don't have time, like they don't have time on set and so it's just like one and done or two and done. And so there's that. We have, we have to remember that acting isn't gonna be all things for you all the time, I'm always saying, right? And so that's one. The other one is like when you're working on an amazing set where that's all that a great director is wanting. And most great film directors are exploring that all the time. So there are a lot of directors that work that way. Mm -hmm. But I think here's the other thing is it's still important for you to have your own be director proof. When you said that, I thought of, I have a few students I have, who've been on Broadway. And I remember one woman asked me that because she was in a show where every couple weeks they'd cycle in the, the, her co-star and they were very famous people, right? Like huge celebrities would slot in every month. And because she was trained the way that she's been trained at our school, her every night, how she, she would get to her mark, but how she got to her mark was slightly different. Now, sometimes the new co-stars didn't like that because they had a very specific way of wanting things to be done. But what, I, what she, I think, discovered was she can still have a very alive inner process, even if the outward manifestation of it is, I need you to leave, or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think the actor has to trust that we're seeing that. Does that help? Yeah, it does. Um, just leads me to another question, though. Yeah, sure. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. How do you feel about uh, directors or coaches who moment to moment want specificity? Um, so... Well Tell me more, because it's all specific if you're working moment to moment. Right yeah. now, you're being very specific with me, yeah. and it's moment to moment. Yeah. Um, so I suppose specific in a sense of, on this line, I want this. Oh, that. That's... Um. Well, listen, again, sometimes we have to do that. I might be working with you on set, and I'll be like, okay, let's just do that line one more time and say it like this. And you'll be like, okay, yeah, I got it. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It doesn't mean you're not... You guys, not acting isn't always, again, going to be like, oh, a deep transformative thing or a feeling thing so it's mostly it's just talking listening and talking listening and talking 
And then sometimes big feeling comes up, right? So I don't know, I am not a big, what I advocate is this. You look at the scene, you are memorizing it, you're working on it, you have ideas immediately, which are your ideas based on your first read of it. You go with those and then also then throw it all away and then trust that the moment is not only channeling your original intent and ideas on the line, because it does, and that doesn't make you a, a worse actor because you're like, oh my God, I'm doing that thing that I rehearsed three hours ago. And you know what I mean? There's a bit of dovetailing. And then also the, the X factor, the thing that makes it, I think, transcendental is then you're also released to all the other stuff that could never have been planned. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get it. It's that easy, but it's freaking hard. Yeah. And it's harder if you're not having fun because then you start to go in your head about it. Yeah. What else? The side of the room. Come on. Yes. Hi, Tony. I'm Shawnee. Shawnee. Yeah. Hi. Um, I, what makes an actor good at taking direction? Because I've heard that a lot recently. I'm like, I'm great. I know how to take direction. So that's why I call that audition. But what makes someone good at that? It, it's just literally like being able to do something on a dime completely differently. Mm. And that mostly is... And I... Again, I beg the question. Every human being in here can do things differently all the time. You want to go get pad thai and they're out, so then you pivot. Oh, I hate that word. That's such a tech <laughs> word from 2020. And then you pivot. I hate it. I hate these tech words. Why are they popular? I hate it. Like imposter syndrome. Somebody made that shit up. I'll get to that later, maybe. Anyway, where was I? Sorry, I just saw myself using those words. I hate them. Yes, okay, so you're constantly changing. You're, you're making an adjustment based on whatever. And so what's interesting, like what I worked this past week and what I'm gonna start again tomorrow, when I give an actor an adjustment, they think they're really changing or they're doing it differently, but they're not. And most of the time, they're not because they're self-conscious. They will not, it looks like they're at the dentist. In the fucking dentist. And they haven't even start, touched your teeth yet. I'm like, oh my god, we just gotta play. I'm just asking you to do it like a robot now. Why is it so hard to all of a sudden do something like a robot? They can't do it. Because they've lost the ability to play. And then what's amazing about, again, I just, we just do crazy different exercises that come to us like any director probably in the moment to try something. Then if you commit to being a robot or a Martian or something, then, and, and the actor really commits, like children commit. Children commit, watch kids play. They make up whole fantasy worlds all the time and they don't, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not feeling that. <laughs> you don't need an acting teacher, you need kids. No, wait, that came out the wrong way. You do not need to have kids, but you need to be around kids to see what acting is. They just commit and they do it one way and then maybe somebody bossy says do it this way and they're like, yeah. <laughs> if you can't change it, that means structurally we have also probably emotional things to work on, but it, it comes from a self-conscious stuff. And on that, how do you take a very vague direction? So I, I want it to okay. be lighter. You know, I want okay. it to be... Well, yeah, great. That's a horrible note. Do <laughs> 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 it lighter, Sean. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe you're like, okay, so maybe you just... What does lighter feel for you, Sean? Mm, I, I, I go into my body. I Got feel, it. I feel um, it, it, it's through the body. Sean, come up here. Oh. You're so much more interesting than I am. Let's give her applause. <laughs> okay. Ross on Instagram Live, so they're seeing you wherever. Okay, so Shawnee, just do you have um, um, a monologue or anything? 
Oh, I look no. That's okay. I don't no. mean to put you on the spot, but I kind of like. Okay, then let's do this. Let's just do uh, just make up an improv mm -hmm. about something, or tell us a story about something that happened to you in life in the last year. Okay. Um, well, when I was on my way here, I went. I was in an Uber, and the Uber driver was checking their stock portfolio the whole time, oh, wow. and I wanted to say something and maybe give them a bad, you know, rating, but I'm. I gave him a five star. I don't know. Okay, Shawnee, do that again. Lila. <laughs> um, I was on my way um, to the studio. And I... Wait, does lighter mean something different here in Sydney? Because that feels darker and more... Does intense. it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It does. Well, I was just on my way to the studio and I saw this Uber driver and he was actually <laughs> pretty weird. He was just checking his stock portfolio and I thought, man, I'm going to give you a five star. Okay, was it different? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it can be that simple. Also, look at how your body changed. Mm. So then, as a director... I might then throw another thing at you, and then maybe we throw it all away and then play it straight mm. and see how it comes out, and you're probably closer to it. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting the first time I said do it lighter, which I would never say. That's kind of like, again. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. it was interesting you got it. So I was in an <laughs> <laughs> And I could have gone with that and said, okay, do it like a horror movie, because that's what I thought it was. Oh, my God, and he pulled out a stock. <laughs> see, it's all just, but that would have also worked. Yeah, yeah you got it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> what else? Come on! Come on, kids! Our time is ticking! Yes, young yeah, man. Anthony Leonard, I did Hi, a self-tape with you. Oh, right. Zoom. Yeah, on the Zoom thing, yeah. probably. Yeah. I had the back issue. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I remember. I was lying down for Yes, I remember. <laughs> I was scared he was going to fall asleep. <laughs> um, so, I haven't been acting super long, and so my okay. experience isn't, you know, huge, but... I'm I'm currently doing this short play, which has been going for about two years oh, because wow. of COVID, right? Okay. So we started rehearsing and then it got delayed because of COVID, first COVID. It's been going for a couple of years, right? And we've had opportunities to work on it and then perform it and then work on it and perform it over that time. And it's really nice. Like, where, where we're at with it, it feels great. And uh, my fear is, is that it feels good because I've had so much time with this character. Okay. And, and it really feels like like I'm a part of him, but um, with screen stuff, I don't have that luxury. Or or regular plays, you don't have that luxury. Well, that's what we think. Yeah. But Leonard, who? What's the common denominator in everything that you do? Me. Right. What's the common denominator in everything Nicole Kidman does? Her. Her. I can go on and on and on with every actor we admire and are inspired by. Mm. That doesn't mean that they don't access or play different parts of themselves and also in the actual formation of a character, right? Some of them are playing real, based on real people, mm. right? And yet the, the, the prism, where this multifaceted prism, shards of light are coming through. It's, it's so many different, I mean, I can't even, like right now I'm looking at these, these lights. Like that's kind of our humanness. Mm. And it's about accessing the different parts of us that a role might require you to go to that maybe you don't access on a daily basis. That's the real work. And so I, that's a bigger maybe answer to your, it's not answering your question, but I think the thing that I've discovered about TV and film is that most of the time you're gonna get cast very close to who you are. And then also if you look at a person's body of work, 
Even Meryl Streep, if you look at somebody who's considered the most transformational actress of her time, again, you start to start to you you see a theme of Meryl and the role she's played through her biography. So my point is, is you're playing in TV and film very close to who we are. And acting is more subjective. Oh, this is so good. It's more subjective. Meaning the person watching it is the one, the audience is the one making up ideas about the character. You don't have to. And you know what? That's analogous to life because we as human beings do that all the time, you judgy McJudgersons. Myself as well. I had some judgments today about people I was walking past. I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm human. Oh. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, Jesus, Tony, calm down. <laughs> Aha, so you're laughing because it's true. But it's, it's really scary to own that. So instead, we want to play ideas. Like, I'm, I would, I'm never like her. This is just a character that I'm nothing like. Bullshit. Bullshit. I call bullshit. Bullshit. All the potentials of being a human being are in us. They are alive. We just compartmentalize, shut down. This, again, this toxic positivity world is a denialism. It's not wanting to look at the stuff that's painful and weird and scary. It's, a, it's a, an aspect of pretending. Of, oh, shit, that's so good. It's performative. When the core is rotten and has to be expelled. That's sometimes what acting can become when we're having to face characters that do feel far away from us, but that's not gonna come right away. That's gonna come probably when you're like at Meryl Streep's level. Most of the thing, riddle me this. I hate that I said that. Riddle me this. I love that you did. Thank you, I got one like hand. Okay, everybody in here, do you not pretty much just go out for kind of the same things, mostly? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that I coach, I don't know, they all kind of, they all have, I don't want to say like the business types you, but it does type you. We're kind of, it's kind of moving beyond that. But I'm, when I'm talking typing, I just mean in terms of like how you look and who you are and your energetic and your physicalness matches a lot of times the, the written role. Mm -hmm. It does. You're looking at me skeptically there. Well, what if you feel like, you know, you don't really, like the parts of you that don't really, they don't really match written roles or like... I don't know, I feel like it's hard to undo limiting beliefs as an actor if you're, you're it's right. not just your thoughts. It's like society right. are constantly validating that invalidating belief that you can't do something. Like what if you feel like there like aren't many like it's hard to put you in a typecast? You're right. I told you know, listen, I think at one level the business is changing, right? And that they're see they're seeing now anybody can be anyone, as it should be. Anybody can play anything, as they should. I don't, I can't answer that, except I think, I, I also feel like, I was talking to a, a woman in the intensive, and she has a, 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 a the reason why she's not kind of going, getting the things that she's going out for is because she has a judgment about that part in her. Mm -hmm. I still find that, listen, here's the one thing. If you find that something is, uh, what's my word? Uh, say with me. If you if you get a if you get a brief or a, a, a audition for something that you're like, I don't like this depiction. This is not. This is offensive or discriminatory or this isn't like I don't have time for this. Then say no to it. Mm 
So I'm not talking about those. Let's just push those aside. And hopefully that time has changed. But anything else, it's not your job to figure out. See, that's our judgment. It's not your job to figure out if they are going to see you that way. You have to see yourself that way. Because as a human being, again, if we subscribe to this science that the Human Genome Project has shown this. We all share 99.99% of the same genome. So we're all the same, regardless of where we come from, our skin color, our eye color, right? Sex, whatever. So I think that's more of, I get it, we are dealing with the sort of cultural and societal stigmas that are put on being a certain person. And we have to keep breaking through those. That's also our job as artists. So if you don't like the things that you're going out for and you feel like they're representing you in a way that's very limited and unhealthy, write your own stuff. Be a trailblazer. Show, show people who are reductive, oh, I can be this and that. I can be an astronaut and a school teacher. I can be a deep space explorer, that's kind of like an astronaut, <laughs> and a paleontologist. I can be a sex symbol and a mom. Aha, I'm getting through to you. Write it. Perfect segue. Why are we all waiting for somebody to call us in for something that it's not the greatest odds anyway? You are all as capable as any of the things that you watch. Tell your story. Aha, I'm coming back to you again. It's time that we saw and heard new stories. Aha. But you have to give yourself the green light. Maybe today this is what you needed to hear. By golly, I'm going to go home and roll up my... Oh, God. <laughs> but you will. Okay. Hold that thought. You get an accountability buddy here today. And every week they check in. What's your name again? Maria. But what if it's like a lead role in a TV series and you find that like the audition script is like the character or not a lead role. Or like a, do you know I mean like it's something that you feel like could help your career a lot. But it's like, I don't know, like the script seems kind of offensive. Well, Mary, I, I can't answer that because everybody has their own ethics and morals and tastes yeah. and, you know, it's just like, that's just like a, all I, you just have to, your own inner compass, your yeah. own, and you have to check when maybe it isn't those things. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you, you're scared to step into your beauty. You're scared. I'm not just saying you, I'm all of us. We're scared to step into our power. We're scared to step into, well, who am I to be the lead on a TV series? Well, who are you not? Who are you not, as Marianne Williamson would say, to be beautiful and powerful and, and I'm making up these words now because I can't remember, but it's a power, you're the child of the divine. Who are you not to tell stories from this very personal point of view that only you can share. And you don't actually even have to be the writer of that own, your own individual story. You as the actor going in for a TV series can rewrite it by you bringing something different to the role. That's the power. So if this TV series is like, eh, and you have a great opportunity, maybe you find a different way to bring Marielle to the material Marielle. that makes people, sorry. Maria. Maria, sorry. That brings them to, oh shit, maybe we should rewrite this. That's the job of the actor, I think. Okay, we have one, one more minute. Yes, what's your name? Matilda. Matilda. How do you, uh, 
how do you keep going with auditions when you've had no after no after no after no, but you know, you're getting close to things mm. and you're constantly getting the shit kicked out of you and you really just, how do you keep finding the fun? Matilda, look at around the room. Show of hands, how many people have like faced obstacles and setbacks and challenges and had the shit kicked out of them? <laughs> I should turn, wait, wait, keep your hands up. I'm turning this Instagram so everybody can see. Keep them up, keep them up. Look at that, look at that. Matilda, okay, you guys. I get it. I'm being kind of silly. I get it. I kind of think if you can't stomach it, get out of the business because it's too painful. Still fun. <laughs> it is still fun. But it's if it's that burdensome, you might need to take a break. You might need to just stop for a second. You might need to re-engage why we're doing these things. Why do you want to act? Maybe that's what I should have started with. That's very confronting. Why do you want to act? Scary times. Also in my new book, there is a quote. Sorry, I'm really good at plugging my own stuff, but this is good. Did you know like 40 years ago, when they asked young, I'm gonna answer your question, don't worry. You're like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. No, 40 years ago, when they asked young people, teenagers, what they wanted to be when they grew up, they, you know, they all had a really interesting range. Engineer, teacher, oh, teachers. I'm not just saying that, because I'm, I mean like, I'm, I'm just kind of like a whatever kind of teacher. I'm, I'm talking about like, God, math teachers and, Oh, I just, I love service work like that. It's like people who are really educating children. I don't teach kids, I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a moment there. So teachers, engineers, uh, lawyers, doctors, right? It was a gamut of a lot of, it seems kind of obvious, but if you think about the 40s or 50s or 60s, it makes sense. Now, more than 80% of the young adults polled they just want to be famous mm -hmm. for being famous. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so, my point is, but, 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 Matilda, see, it's deep thinking here. We have to think about, why do I want to do this? It's okay, maybe when I was in my early 20s, I wanted to be famous. Like, I get it. And, but then, as you start to develop yourself, you start to see that's not sustainable and it's not real. A more, oh God. Something that is life-affirming starts to take seed and germinate and starts to, this is why I want to do this. And when those doors close, A, you'll have a, a greater connection to the why, and you'll find different paths around those doors. And you just can't give up. You just can't. Every success story I've seen are just people who just hang out the longest. In America, like, yeah, there's lots of people who move to L.A. every year, and then two years later, they, like, you know, they move back to Ohio or Michigan or whatever, and that's fine. That's fine. I think acting is an amazing skill that we can learn all these other aspects of ourselves through the work. So there's no misfire. I think everybody should take an acting class, Congress. I think everybody, <laughs> your prime minister, I think everybody should take an acting class to learn empathy and compassion, presence and connection. But I think as you start to orient toward the real reason, you'll not give so many fucks. Mm -hmm. That's where you're at. I can tell I'm very psychic, by the way. Watch out. You're too worried about, you have to, you have to cross over. Literally, not figuratively. You have to cross over. And you know what you're going to work besides having fun? And giving no fucks. Giving zero fucks is fun. Because you stop worrying, what do they think? They don't know what they're thinking. I always like to joke, what do you think most people are thinking about on a daily basis? 
That's right, you selfish bastards. <laughs> Nobody's thinking about you. No, hoo-hoo. <laughs> I had a thought about this the other day. I was waiting for the light, and I, don't know, I had some crazy getup on. I was like, oh, God, what? Oh, jeez. And I was like, oh, I'm in Sydney. Nobody knows me here. <laughs> Nobody would know me anywhere anyway. It's so ludicrous. Our mind is just like a monkey on a, a, a hamster on a wheel telling us so much bullshit. Who are those people that we care so much about, those phantom people that we don't know? We have to start doing it for self. And when you do for self for the right reason, it will ripple out in and make a difference because you'll start to find your tribe. You'll connect with her and then and him and then you guys will write something that will be like, that's how it works. You will stop giving a fuck what other people think because those people are not thinking about you anyway. You know what I mean? They just aren't. Nobody's, nobody's thinking about the actor who goes in and messes up the audition. They're not thinking about that. So I don't know if that helped, but I think you just... <laughs> And here's the other thing. If you're feeling like you know you're close, but something's keeping you from embracing, you know, where you want to go, then you have to make the change. That could be like, you know what? Fuck. I have to take a scary acting class. Fuck. I have to, like, move somewhere. Fuck. I have to, like, do the thing that scares me. Create space for something else to come into your life. Y'all know what I am talking about now. And there's no judgment, because sometimes we get to those things today, and sometimes it doesn't happen for four years, and that's also on the right timing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. I wish we had more time. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> 6.05. One last question, because I want to do books if anybody wants any books. I really hope. Uh, Natasha, I'm going to just go here, because I saw you this weekend. Not that. If I have time. Hello, Rachel. Is it Raquel? Raquel, yeah. yeah I remember. How do you deal with imposter syndrome, especially when you're starting out in the business? And this is it's a thing that I deal with in other areas of my life. But. I get it. It's just not real. Mm. When I first started acting when I was in my 20s, nobody walked around saying, you've got the imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's just yet another thing that big tech and somebody has probably made a lot of money coming up with something that isn't real. It's based on this scared mind, I get it, and I'm not, I don't mean that as a judgment, yeah. that somebody else knows something more than you based on Instagram followers, or money, or fame, or credits, or reputation, or eight-pack abs, <laughs> or how hot they are. It's all made up. It's all made up, it's all made up. I, 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 it's just all made up. Everything is all made up. It is. It's all made up. Who made all this up? The best way to move through life is to start thinking for yourself. Does this feel good when I think this? Oh, no, it doesn't really feel that good. So there's something probably not truthful about it. Because the pure energy of who I am is love and possibility and joy. And that's mm. some cool word that BuzzFeed uses to sell, like, clicks. Buzzfeed. Suffer from imposter syndrome? Top 10 ways to destroy it. But they don't even tell you what it is. So what it is is based on this comparative mind that when you're not deserving of something until fill in the blank. But the whole fallacy about that and why you have to just cut it out. Don't ever say it ever again. Nobody here ever, if I ever see you again, just don't ever say it, because it's not a real thing. Don't give it any credence. Don't give it any, just, it's not. Where was I? Fuck. Is, Comparative. huh? Comparative something else? Ah, is 
you, it, it's being given validation because you're an imposter because you haven't done it the way everybody else has done it. And all those other things I just said. How old are you? Uh, 19. Great. You're going you're gonna to find Raquel's way. And your way is not supposed to be anybody else's way but yours. And the great actors, artists, philosophers will tell you that, and they'll support you in that. Meryl Streep doesn't want you to do it her way. There's that story about Marlon Brando with James Dean. James Dean was trying, very early on in his career, was trying to be like Marlon, and Marlon was pulled him aside. He's like, dude, I don't know if he said dude, but he's like, hey, <laughs> stop doing me. Do yourself. Thank you, Marlon. James Dean probably suffered from the imposter syndrome. <laughs> See, they didn't have those fucking words. These words are so limiting. They're really not healthy. But that's probably what he was suffering from, to try to be somebody else, because if he was that way, then he would be assured a career. And then he realized, like, well, shit, I got to be myself. And then he was, and then, sad, you know, tragically passed. But that's the thing about the imposter syndrome is we think if we went to the right school or we had the right boyfriend or we had the perfect agent or we had this, this roll of resume and we came from LA and not Sydney or all this bullshit, there are as many possibilities and ways as there are people. So strike it. Make sense? Help yeah. you? Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. I think we have to close it up now. I'm so sad. But not right, I am sad. This is so much fun. Are y'all having fun? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was kind of like. <laughs> okay, thank God I got one. From Texas. From Texas back there. Thanks for listening to In the Moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.